0: Our reading from the New Testament comes from the Gospel according to John. The Gospel according to John chapter 14. And we are going to read verses 23 to 29. The Gospel according to John chapter 14. Brothers and sisters, let us listen to God's word for us today. Jesus answered him, those who love me will f- keep my word, and my Father will love them, and will come to them and make our and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the f- word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I've said these things to you while I'm still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Astonishing God, you give us a vision of the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, your home among mortals on earth. Even now your blessing shines upon the earth to help us see a larger vision of your loving care for the whole creation. You call us to move beyond our comfortable circles and into unfamiliar places as we seek to share your dream of a world made new in Christ. Living God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, fling wide the doors of our hearts this day as we hear your word of life. That we too may open our lives to serve your world in love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the four the few verses that we have read today, brothers and sisters, is part of the farewell discourse of Jesus on the night before his death. And it begins way back in chapter thirteen, where Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And it ends at the end of chapter 17 where Jesus prayed the so-called high priestly prayer on behalf and for his followers. Now these chapters are called the farewell discourse because Jesus told the disciples that he was about to leave them and that disciples who followed Jesus the previous three years would not be able to go where Jesus was. And in this bodily absence of Jesus, the disciples had to continue with a certain style of life. They had to form a community which would give hope to the world to proclaim the grace of God wherever they were. But I don't think that the disciples really heard Jesus this night. Because uncertainty and fear and anxiety, those were, things were probably a logical response to the announcement. Maybe the disciples felt as if their worlds and their futures were collapsing around them. And they needed at least some form of assurance to carry them through their uncertainty. Maybe through the fear that they felt of being left behind alone. And we may get it in a certain way, because we also live in a world of anxiety and uncertainty. And sometimes we do fear as we face our own losses and when we live with our sorrows and disappointments, when we worry about our children and our families and all the other worries that keep us awake at night. And apart from our personal circumstances, brothers and sisters, there's a war going on with, un, uh, with incomprehensible suffering. Refugees, international tension between countries. There are widespread gun violence in our country. Then there's the Supreme Court right now. There's the misuse of God's word for all kinds of issues. They are the issue of black lives matter and same gender relationships and political dysfunction in both political parties. And all these things add up to our own uncertainties, as even churches don't prove to be havens of peace either. And we often wonder if God is still present as we see and experience how the bottom falls out of our world and our life. But this is not so unlike the world Jesus and his disciples were in on that night. I mean, the world where Jesus lived in new little peace and comfort. There was the power of Rome. The authorities who were quick to suppress any sign of dissent and soon Jesus would be on the receiving end of that. This was also the night of the last supper where Jesus had announced that he was going to die. And then he washed the feet of the disciples when they had been too important in their own sight to be the servant of their friends. When Judas received the broken bread and then he left the table into the night to betray Jesus. When Jesus predicted that Peter would three times deny that he knew Jesus. And so the disciples in the uncertainty and this world falling apart responded with questions. Peter had the first question, where are you going? And Thomas asked, how can we know the way? And Philip said, show us the Father and that will be enough. And then Judas, not the Iscariot, ask the fourth question how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world and this is where our reading started this morning with the answer of Jesus to this fourth question how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world now at the beginning of chapter 14 Jesus spoke to his disciples of many dwellings a house with many rooms the Father's house, where He was going to prepare a place for them, and now Jesus says that He and the Father will come and make the dwelling with those who love Him and keep His word, keep His word, and live according to what He taught them. While Jesus, on the one hand, is preparing eternal dwellings with the Father, He and the Father will continue to dwell with the followers in the present, and the presence of the father and the son, brothers and sisters will be known in the presence of, uh, in the translation of the inner NRSV, another advocate. Now the Greek for this word is paraclete, which loosely means someone who come and walk beside you, someone who becomes a companion, someone who's talking to you. What Jesus says is that the Holy Spirit will come and walk alongside his disciples as he teaches and reminds them of everything that Jesus has said to them. The Spirit will not only be a comfort to the disciples in the grief, but will also be the advocate, the one who intercedes on behalf of the followers of Jesus with God. But the reality of the presence of the Father and the Son comes only to those who believe, to those who live and to follow the word of God. Jesus said, verse 23, those who love me will keep my word and my Father will love them and we will come to them and make our own with them. There is no miraculous way to experience God's presence, brothers and sisters, other than to keep the word of Jesus other than to live according to the way that someone who believes in the Christ, whose life has been changed to be different. I mean, Jesus earlier in this chapter says that the followers of him should live according to a new commandment. I give you a new commandment in chapter 13 that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our own with them. Isn't this an amazing promise? But isn't it also the reason that we sometimes miss the presence of God when we forgot that we, are, we have been called to live in a different way? It's an amazing promise. Because not only Jesus in memory, but the Son and the Father are present with His followers through the Holy Spirit. The triune God is living in the community of believers, in the congregation of God. And therefore, Jesus says, His disciples have no need to be anxious. Because God was awake. God was taking care long before we got up this morning. And the anxiety, the involuntary reaction to things that happen around us in a sense become unnecessary when we continue to believe that almighty God is at work and is ever present in this world. At the beginning of chapter 14, Jesus urged his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Believing in God Holding on to the truth that God is present in every and in all circumstances, grant believers some comfort. And so in what we read this morning, Jesus repeats, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. And that after he told his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Brothers and sisters, peace is not just a vague feeling. It's not that comfort that we have when we don't have any enemies. But the peace that Jesus gave to his companions here to the church is a greeting, is, is, is something that refers to the Old Testament shalom, where God says that his people will experience the presence of God in everything. It marks God's kingdom and a new way of living. A way where people live and have a universal sense of well-being because God is present. That is a thing that comes from God, a gift from God, a gift that comes with the accompaniment of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that walks beside us and continues to tell us that God do love every one of us. The same spirit that in chapter 20 of John, Jesus breathes on his disciples when he sent them on a mission. That is also the spirit which, which, uh, who comes to the church with signs of power and wind on the day of the Pentecost. Maybe, maybe the disciples wasn't that easy easily convinced that the leaving of Jesus was good for them. Even though Jesus reassures them that there is a purpose in Him living to be with the Father. The paraclete that was sent as a fuller replacement of the bodily presence of Jesus came to bring a deeper understanding of the life of Christ. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, will be with God's children forever. After the resurrection, the disciples who lived in fellowship and who shared this new life Made possible by the Spirit, they began to understand and believe the identity of Jesus as they continued his mission on earth. When you go and you page through this Gospel according to John, you will find out that it's a little different from the other Gospels because John tells us the story of Jesus in light of the resurrection. He tells us a story in light of God's triumph over darkness and evil, telling us how life overcame death and peace overcame anxiety. This is the story, brothers and sisters, of God who gives not like the world gives, who gives life in abundance, who loves beyond measure, who gives a strange peace to people who live as his people in the world. This is a story in the words of the profound love of God that Jesus had had made known to the disciples, where the Holy Spirit continues to make God known to us, assuring us that we are never abandoned, even in the midst of loss and pain and sorrow that are so much part of this world that we live in. The Word became flesh and lived among us. This Word continues to make His home with us, even as he prepares our eternal dwelling with God. I thought that maybe this promise of peace came so late in in the reading and in the discourse, because it's not a once-off thing that we achieve or have, but because it's a way of living. comes through a life experiencing God and living and keeping the word of Jesus. It is a promise of Jesus. Amen.